St. Mark chapter 7 again this morning. Reading at verse 24. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born of Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. I want to talk about the audacity of faith. The audacity of faith. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. I thank you that you will prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us this day. And thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. For Lord, we're people of faith. We need your word. We need to hear from you. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. As you prosper this word that you sent to us today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. The audacity of faith. Amen. As I was ministering last Sunday, the thought came to me, faith is audacious. And I'm going to explain that in just a moment. Uh, But faith is audacious by, by means of the way it pushes the believer and the way it affects God in order for us to obtain what we really need from the giver of every good and every perfect gift. Amen. Faith is audacious, audacious. Amen. Yeah, because it pushes the believer and at the same time, faith affects God. I want you to understand me today. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Amen. And we'll explain this as we go through this. Uh, Yeah. In order for us to obtain the things that, that God has ordained for us, he is the giver of every good and every perfect gift God is. So, 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 so faith, faith pushes us and faith touches the heart of God. The Bible plainly says the just, the believers, those who are justified by their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ shall live by faith. It didn't say that we do live by faith, but it said we shall live by faith. Now, it's up to us whether we live by faith or not. But if we've been justified 
because we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we stand justified before God, meaning that our sins have been washed away, that our slate has been wiped clean. When, when the Lord looks at us, he doesn't see a sinful person. He looks at a person who has exercised faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And through that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, y'all turn this down just a little bit because uh, I hear myself loud and clear. Uh, yeah, so, 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 yeah, so he, and, and the Bible says we shall, this is, this is what the Lord has ordained. This is what God has ordained for us, those of us who are justified because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has ordained that we live by faith. God has appointed it that we live by faith, not by works, not by feelings, but by faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I saw that head bowing. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, and, 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 you know, this, this, this word audacious, it's kind of a big word for some people. Most of us know what audacity means. We don't use the term audacity a lot. Um, but it's, it kind of it ties into what I used last Sunday when I said use the term Oh, I know he didn't go there. Yeah, the Lord intends for us to go there. You know, that you, that you have the audacity to, to talk about a thing, to, to enter into a certain arena, to, to address a certain thing, or to believe a certain thing. So, so you know, if we're going to remove the obstacles to our breakthrough, it requires us being audacious about some things. All right? It, it, it takes the audacity of faith to remove those obstacles. It is, if faith is audacious and you operate in faith, then that takes you into the realm of audacity, all right? Because you operate in faith that is audacious, it takes you into the realm of audacity, not because of who you are, but because of the faith that you operate in. Again, the just shall live by faith, not by fear, not by feeling, uh, uh, not by, by quirky terms, but the just shall live by faith. Amen. Um, the definition of audacity or of audacious is showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold steps. Now, actually, um, I think the, the, the dictionary said bold risk, risk. Uh, but, but I don't want to use risk because, you know, a risk is something that you kind of like, you know, you, you're stepping out there, but you don't really. Faith is a little bit different, you know, because uh, I'm, when, I, when I trust God, I'm not taking a risk. Uh, uh, when I trust God, I'm dependent on what he said in his word. Now, some people may want to use risk. That's up to them, but I'll repeat it again. Showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold steps forward. So when you look at a synonym or synonyms for audacious, it means they can be bold, daring, fearless, brave, courageous, valiant, heroic, venturesome, gutty, gutsy, or spunky. Now, most of us don't use spunky, but we'll say that person has guts. That person's got guts, you know, 
And then you get real slang, you may say something else, but we don't want to go there. Amen. But, but just to give you an idea of what we mean when we say uh, audacious, again, bold, daring, fearless, brave, courageous, valiant, heroic, venturesome, gutsy, or spunky. So when I say faith is audacious, I'm saying faith is bold. Faith is daring. Faith is fearless. Faith is brave. Faith is courageous. Faith is valiant. Faith is heroic. Faith is venturesome. Faith is gutsy. Faith is spunky. All right? All right? You just don't get what God has for you that only comes through faith if you're fearful. If what God has for you only comes through faith, you're not going to get it if you're not daring. All right? You're not going to get it if you're not brave. You're not going to get it. I'm talking about what God has for you if you're not courageous or valiant. Uh, uh, you don't have a spirit of, of, of being heroic. And not that you want to be a hero, but you want to take those actions. All right. Okay, so you saw the lady that was caught in the flood. All uh, right. Some of you may have seen it on television. And uh, in Louisiana, and her car was sinking. And they tried to, they tried a couple of things and couldn't get her out. And this man jumps into the water. And he apparently opens the door, does something, and he pulls the woman out. A whole lot of people wouldn't have jumped into that water. Now, you may use all kinds of excuses and say, well, I can't, can't swim. But it's almost like, you know, sometimes we watch... Um, there's an episode on Walker, Texas Ranger, <laughs> where, where they're fighting, and, and I, like, I like to see that lady. I like to see her. I really like to see that lady fight. And so she kicks this man, and he goes into the swimming pool. And he's, I can't swim. She says, stand up, stupid. <laughs> so, so sometimes we why. I wouldn't do that because I can't swim, but apparently the water wasn't that deep because you see the man stand up and see the lady get out and stand up. All right. So, 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 but, but, but the man had the boldness to dive into that water to save that lady. And all I'm saying is that we're not going to get what God has for us. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. If we don't have the braveness of the boldness of the venturesomeness to take that step out in faith. Venturesome. Everybody knows what a venture is. Venture is something that you, you go into. So you have to have, you have to, you know, if you're going to start a business, you got to step out there. You can plan for 10 years. I won't even go into starting a business. I'll use this simple example. You want to go from York to Charlotte. You just got to take the venture. 
There may be some obstacles along the way. There may be a bridge you have to cross. But you got to step out there. You got to take the venture. You got to go. In order for you to get to your intended destination. Breland and Luttrell and Breland, we, we sometimes put the woman first. We're going to do it right. We're going to put the man first. They, they took a venture. Amen? They joined the military. Amen. Now, I, you know, you, you don't see Latrell being, a, being an army man. But look at him now. <laughs> Say what now? He's an army man. He's not an army man. What is it? He's what? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But, but they took they went on that venture and, and, and they obtained what God wanted them and he probably not finished with them yet. But how many people talk about, I'm thinking about, I wish, if I had, after the fact, if I had only, but never take that step to get into what God has prepared for them. We say God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, and he is. But, but, but what gets us to the point that we're able to receive what God is willing to give is faith. It's faith. Amen. Amen. So you just don't get what God has for you that only, that only comes through faith if you don't if you're fearful, if you're weak, if you're unwilling to venture out into new territories, new horizon, you don't get what God has for you if you don't have the guts, as the slain go, as the slain goes, to step out there and get it done. Amen. And all you need to do is you need to look at examples. If you really want to understand this, look at some examples from Scripture. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, that, that took boldness, that took daring, that took fearlessness, that took bravery, a courage, a valiance. Amen. Uh, progress was not made. Deliverance did not come. Victories were not achieved. Things didn't just happen because people sat and waited on God to move because they were fearful. People received the word of God, all right, and they took bold steps in faith in order for the intended purposes of God to be realized in their now. Amen? They received the word of God, and they took bold steps of faith in order for the intended purposes of God. How many of you really believe how many, of us, how many of us really believe that God's thoughts toward us are good only and not evil? To give us, to give us a future, a prosperous future. And expect, he, he has a place he's taken us to. He has ordained some things for our lives even before we were formed in our mother's womb. We are not accidents. God knows every one of us. 
Do we really believe that his thoughts are good only and not evil to give us an expected end? Now, in order for me to get there, God is going to speak to me. Amen. I'm going to come back to this in just a moment. In order for me to get to my expected end, God is going to speak to me. He's going to speak to you. All right? Every sermon you hear, there may not be everything in that sermon that's just directed to you. Even though in general you can get instruction from every sermon. But there will be messages where God speaks directly to you. You've got to receive that word of God and you've got to take that step. Or those steps. Amen? For those things to come into reality in your life, you just can't sit back. Lord, I hear you. Oh, please, Lord. God, open the door. God, show me the way. Lead me into the door. Put people around me. Do this, Lord. Bring my first check in. Take me to the bank so I can deposit it in the bank. I mean, you waiting on God to do everything. Where are you in the process? Ask your neighbor, neighbor. Where are you in the process? So, 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 so you want a college education. Okay. Where are you in the process? You, 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 you got you to gotta, you gotta make the grades and get into school and do whatever necessary. To get when you get there, you got to go to class. When you go to class, you have to take notes. When you take notes, you got to study. Amen. You got to do the assignments. You have to. You got to pass the test. You got to do it. Where are you in the process? You sitting back. I'm waiting on you, God. Pastor said that all I have to do is pray and you bring back to my remembrance. But I said those things you studied. Because the word said those things you studied. If there's nothing there, if you've not added to the process, amen, amen. So you look at examples in Scripture. Then you think about these examples of of, of, um, <laughs> of of people who took bold steps. So God gets, God gets ready to deliver the Israelites from bondage in Egypt. And God said that he was going to bring them out rich. And God said that night, before they got ready to be delivered, he said, go to the Israelites, to the Egyptians, and borrow. Now, you know, I know, you know, some logical people will say, well, you know, that was unfair to the Egyptians. But when you realize that it all belongs to God, he can tell you to get whatever he wants to get. Let me, let me throw something out here at you. If God gets ready to cancel all of your debt, if God doesn't, if God gets ready to cancel all of your debt, don't be going up to the bank saying to the bank manager, well, I believe God cancels it, but I still owe you because this is the ethical thing to do. Listen, it all belongs to God. 
So if God decides that he wants to take of his that, that somebody else has and give it to you, I'm not telling you to go and rob anybody. I said, if God, if God decides that this is what he wants to do, then you receive the blessings of God. Sometimes we can be too logical for our own good. and we can, we, can, we can reason our way out of the blessings of God if we're not careful. So God tells them to go and borrow, and they go and borrow. They went in poor. When you think about when they went into Egypt, there was famine in Israel. I mean, they had nothing. They went in poor, but God brought them out rich. But they had to do something. When God said go and borrow, they had to go and borrow. Think about Jericho. When they got in, getting ready to cross over Jordan and going into the promised land, the very first sin of the Bible says that the walls around Jericho were straightly shut up. But they got a word from the Lord. The word from the Lord was, excuse me, tell the, 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 the priests and the elders uh, to march around the city one time a day. Don't say a word. On seventh day, march around seven times. On the seventh time, blow your trumpets. They got the word from the Lord, and they took that bold step of faith. Because logic would have said, that's not how you win a war. Just two examples. Well, let me talk about Jabez. Listen now. You know about Jabez? Does anybody know Jabez? You know, the Bible doesn't say very much about Jabez. But he's from the tribe of Judah. You know, when you, when you look to, at, at his genealogy, he's from the tribe of Judah. Who else is from the tribe of Judah? Jesus, David. Well, well anyway, Judah is, the, Judah is that, that tribe. Uh, we, we call him the tribe of praise. Uh, and, and so Jabez knows that his name means pain. He knows that, that his mother has, when she bore him, she bore him in pain, and she spoke that over his life. She spoke that over his life. And, and, and Jabez realized that that's not the way I want to live my life. God has to have more for me than pain and suffering. You may be going through some things in your life, but you've got to get a revelation from the giver of every good and perfect gift. You've got to get a revelation that God's thoughts towards you are good only and not evil. Pain and suffering are not good. You've got to understand. You've got to get, get a revelation. So what Jabez does, and all you've got to do is go to it and read it, Jabez, the Bible says, was more honorable than his brothers. Jabez cried out to God and said, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. He went there. He had the audacity to challenge what his mother spoke over him. He had the audacity to challenge what seemed to have been his lot in life. 
How many people have just settled? They're settled. This seems to be the way my life is going. It's, it, 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 it's been this way for so many years, so this just seems to be the way my life is going. And people just settle. But you got to know that God has more for you. But the only way you're going to get there is that it takes steps of faith. Each one of these people received a revelation, a word from God, and boldly embraced and stepped out on that word in faith. That faith, and I, and I pointed this out last, last, last Sunday, that faith operated in the now for them. That faith erased time and distance from the equation. Oh, Lord have mercy. This is the power of faith, and this is why faith is so audacious, because when God speaks something, he may not necessarily want it to happen 10 years down the road. When you receive it today, your operating in faith will remove the time and the distance from the equation and make it happen for you now. Now, faith. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We talked about God being in eternity, and that's where God lives. So faith takes me. When I get the word of God, amen, and I understand the word of God, and I receive that word for myself, it becomes rhema to me, amen. And the only way it's going to work is that then that word that's in the place where God is, we read this morning in the Psalms that God's word is eternal because it lives forever, but it's also in eternity with him. I, my faith takes me there, and I claim that word, and I begin to speak that word, not for 10 years down the road, but God gave it to me now. So then Time is removed. Distance is removed. Maybe it was spoken to the Jews, and I am a Gentile, but that makes no difference. Amen. When God speaks it to me, it becomes relevant to me now. So what did this lady do? Let's look at this text. We're going to go back to this text again. I think there are a couple of things that I need to bring out of this text again today. So, you know, Jesus goes to Tyre. It's, a, it's an area where a lot of Gentiles live. And, of course, it's fame. People know Jesus. All right? People have heard about him. So, this woman, who was a Greek, pointed out that's important to the story because she was not a Jew. All right? She was not a Jew. So, she was not, she was not a part of the group that the Lord sent Jesus to first. Now, it's important that we understand that, but it's also important that we understand that we are already Abraham's seed. We're already heirs according to the promise. Are you an heir according to the promise? You are. The promise that God made to Abraham now becomes mine because of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ has already moved distance from the equation as far as that goes. Okay. So I can, I can claim this for myself, but I need to see what's going on. So the woman comes to Jesus, and she has a daughter that's possessed by an evil spirit. And when she comes, she falls at his feet, whether it's in grief or in worship, begging him to do something about her daughter. Now look at what, what Jesus said. First, somebody said first. Before he said anything else, he said, first, 
Let the children eat all they want. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. First thing, okay, she got the word of the Lord, okay, because it's God speaking to her. Now, I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. But it is so vital for us to get the word of God because faith is not based on what somebody else said. Faith is based on what God said. So getting the word of God is vital in this process, amen, for faith to really operate audaciously, boldly, bravely, fearlessly. We need to know what God said. So faith is not based on my feeling. Faith is not based on my emotions. Faith is not based on common sense. Faith is based on what God has said. Now, getting the word of God doesn't mean that you're always, listen to me, that you're always going to be searching out a scripture for your situation. Doesn't always mean that. More than likely, it means being in a place where God will speak to you. But being there in waiting, being there in expectation, being there hungry and thirsty for God now, being there willingly. A lot of people miss God. Now, they'll attribute things to God. <laughs> we're notorious at doing what we want to do and saying God said do it. We're just notorious of that. We, 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 we won't stay in place with God. We won't stay in a position where God can speak to us because we're doing our own thing. We're going our own way. We have our own minds, all right? A lot of times we're not in expectation, you know, because we're so caught up in ourselves, we're not expecting God. Whew. And sometimes we're not hungry for God. Whew. How many times you've passed up a meal because you weren't hungry? You ate something else. Or you just didn't want to eat. Sometimes people come to church, they're not hungry. Sometimes they won't come because they're not hungry. Sometimes they're trying other things, and they're not hungry for God. If you're getting your wisdom from astrology or any other thing and not from God, then you will, you will not be, your mind will be satisfied with what you're looking for. But your spirit, and if you're not careful, you won't acknowledge, you won't be able to acknowledge the emptiness that's in your spirit. So, 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 so more than likely, listen to me, more than likely, it means that you're in a place where God will speak to you. But if, but, but you're there waiting. You, 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 you're there in expectation. You, you, you're there hungry. You're there thirsty. You, 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 you're there willingly. It's been in a place where you're in communion with God regularly. I mean, I'm not talking about you're on fire for God today and six weeks later, for six weeks you, you forgot about God. I mean, you're just doing your own thing and then you, you try to get back on fire for God. 
No, 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 no. This is, this is, this is a regular communion. This is, this is a consistent walk with God, personally and corporately. Personally and corporately, because it's dangerous when you stay out there by yourself. It's very dangerous when you're not in the corporate setting where God reveals himself corporately, where God sends a word to the house, amen, and you're not there because you're doing your own thing. So a lot of people make the mistake that they don't, and, and make the mistake of not developing that personal relationship with God or that corporate worship relationship with God. And they allow their situations to get to them. They allow their situations to get them down. They allow their situations to, to get them to a place where they stop praying and, and, and if they ever started. And they stop meditating and they stop studying and, and, and they stop coming to the fellowship of believers. Not realizing that this is a strategy of the enemy to stop them from hearing what God has to say to them. Said it, they don't get the word of God. This lady got the word of God. She had a situation where she couldn't handle. Daughter demon possessed. Not to, they don't say how old the daughter is. Not telling how long this daughter has been demon-possessed and how long she's been looking for a solution to this situation, but she never gave up. And one day she hears about Jesus and that he's in town, so she goes to Jesus. She goes to the Word himself, and the Bible says she falls down at his feet. Whether she's worshiping or just begging, she falls down at his feet. And she doesn't leave until she gets what she wants. And listen. When she told Jesus the situation, he said, first, let the children eat. First, let them eat all they want. He was not denying the lady. Listen now, when, when Jesus responded to her, his response was not a denial. First, whenever somebody says first, something has to be coming afterwards. You, 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 your spouse asks you to do something, you say, first let me do this. That means you're not saying I'm not going to do it, but you're saying I got to do this first. Then I'm going to do what you... So what Jesus was actually saying was, the children have to eat first. And then, you know, when you read this in the English, you only read dogs. But when you go to the... Uh, when you go back and you read the original get an explanation, Jesus was really not being offensive. He was speaking in a parable to this lady, a parable that they probably would have understood. Look at what he said. Now, this will give you a little bit of a key. He said, um, he said, first, let the children eat all they want, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Now, in context, he was talking about, the, 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 I think the Greek word, Aramaic word there is little dog. How many people have house pets? You love your pets, don't you? They feel like they're a part of the family. <laughs> Come on now, the way y'all be talking to that dog this house, you know that dog know your voice now. You go to that house, they're like, yup, 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 shut up, whatever his name is, and they stop. 
and you go out and you buy food for your dog, you take the dog to the vet, uh, you probably got insurance on your dog. <laughs> Get the picture though. Their dogs, their little household pets. Jesus was speaking a parable to this lady, all right. I said, she got the word that she immediately understood. She immediately understood what he was saying because look at what she said. She didn't hesitate, all right. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table, you see, a scavenger, a sooner is not under your table. Most folk who got sooners, some people know what a sooner is. They're the outside dogs. They're up and down the street. Everybody been, everybody dog been with them. They don't have any breed. You, you, you ain't bringing them in your house. All right. So let me hear and finish this message. Are you understanding? Are you following me? So, 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 <laughs> yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table, these are not dogs that are out in the street. These are not scavengers. These are the dogs that are always in the house. They're under the table when you eat. Some of them sleep in the bed with you. <laughs> For some people. For some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Are you seeing the picture here? She understands, so she is, you know, a lot of times we read this and we said, oh, we had, if he called us a dog, we would have immediately been offended, but that wasn't what he was saying. And she understood, oh, my goodness. And that brings us, brings us almost to our next point, because for you to really get something, you got to understand it. You hear people say, oh, I got it now. That means you understand it. That means a light has come on. That means that you've had a transformative moment. I mean, that means that what you've been hearing has now become real to you. Ooh, Lord have mercy. So, 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 so she doesn't, you see this lady, she, she's not disagreeable with Jesus. She's not argumentative. She's not disrespectful. She doesn't get an attitude. No, she, she got the word that the children, the Israelites, that Jesus had been sent to first, had to be fed first. He wasn't denying her. He was just talking about divine order. And because he had come unto his own, he had to minister to his own first. And she got it. How many of you get it? Sometimes people sit in church and they don't get it. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes people sit in church and they, they get offended at the word and they feel like, Pastor, talking about me or God is picking on me or, or, or something because they don't get it. It is not important that I'm talking about you. It's important that I'm giving you a word that's coming to you when you receive it. So you have to, you have to watch your mind. Because the devil fights battles in your mind. The devil begins to raise up arguments in your mind. 
the devil will, will, will make you feel like, will begin to speak to you and say, oh, that's Old Testament. That ain't what he's talking about. Now. But if it's a revelation from God for you, I don't care if it's Old Testament. I don't care if it's Genesis. I don't care if it's Exodus. I don't care if it's Leviticus. If God speaks it to you in the context in which he's speaking, it becomes raiment to you. You have to receive that word. Ooh. And then she responds properly to the word. I, I know I talked about this last week. We can talk about it again. <laughs> we need to catch this just in case you've had any problem responding properly to the word. All right? Ooh. <sighs> yeah. Hallelujah. So she responds properly. Remember I said that he's actually speaking in a parable. He's given a parable that she understands. Okay? And she responded properly. You know, she, she could respond properly because apparently, you know, she knew something about Jesus or she wouldn't have came to him when she came to him. He comes into town, she hears, hears about him, and she goes to him and she falls at his feet. I even want to say she was a worshiper. All right? Why you say that, Bishop? Well, you know, most of the time when you fall prostrate at someone's feet or you fall prostrate is an indication of worship. However, she refers to him as Lord. <laughs> Lord, Lord deals with covenant relationship. Lord is used um, in the Hebrew because they would not speak the name Yahweh. All right. They would only do the transliteration, which means they would take the vowels out and they would only write Y-H-W-H. All right. They would take the vowels out so they knew that they were not to pronounce his name out loud. And then only the high priest would at certain times, only and never above a whisper. All right. But, but, but she understood, she called him Adonai. She called him Adonai, Lord. It was not just a sign of respect, but worship is respect. Oh, that we will learn to respect God when we come to his house. There used to be a time we come to the house of the Lord, nobody got up and walked when somebody was praying because they told us to respect the Lord. Amen. Folk wouldn't be going in and out and coming to the bathroom because we knew that we were in worship and they taught us to respect God. They didn't do anything in the house of the Lord because it was the house of the Lord and we were taught to respect God. Respect is not just what you think in your mind. Respect is what you do. Respect is how you respond to the Lord. She said, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Adonai. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Ah. And then the other thing she did was she entered into the parable. She ended right in. She got right up. This is why faith is so audacious. And <laughs> I've been praying, Lord, just show me how this works in all the scriptures. But, but when she said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs. So you said, you said, let the children eat first. <laughs> but because it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dog. So she stepped over into that parable. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs. 
call me a dog. But even the dogs, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table, eat the children's crumbs as they fall. So it may be for the children first, but I'm right here. I'm, I'm going into this situation. I'm embracing this word for me, and I'm making this word real for me. I will be a dog. By his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, you were healed. But I still feel pain in my body. I still feel sickness in my body. But God, you said, so I'm stepping into this word. I'm embracing this word. By your stripes, Lord, I am healed. You gotta end. You gotta go there. That's what I was trying to say to you last Sunday. You gotta go there. I don't care what the situations look like. I don't care how bad it was. This lady was not at home. This lady was at the worship. She was at the feet of Jesus. She did not know what happened at home, but she entered in and she embraced the word. And Jesus said, "By your response, because of your response." Hallelujah. For such a response, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She didn't say, Lord, I need a sign. She didn't say, Lord, I need some kind of confirmation. She didn't say, Lord, just show me something else. She didn't keep crying. But the Bible says, glory to God, that she went home. Glory to God. Amen. She went home and she found her daughter lying on the bed. And the demon was gone. Her faith took time and distance out of the equation. Her faith, glory to God, made what belonged to the Jews come into the Gentile world for her. Her faith did it. That's how audacious, audacious faith is. Faith is bold. Faith is daring. Faith is fearless. Faith is venturesome. Amen. If you believe God, you got to do some stepping. Amen. You can't just step back and sit down and wait on God. Amen. You got to enter into the word of God. And that word has to become real to you. Oh, my brothers and sisters, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I know many of you do, but some of you may, may be missing this thing because you're not realizing how you can make the word real to you. Claim it for yourself. This is for me. This is for me. So then I begin to speak this over my life. I begin to speak this over my life. I don't look at contradictory circumstances, but I look at what God has said in his word. I take what God has said in his word. This woman took the word and went home and found the healing. Whew. Had already taken place. The deliverance had already taken place. Think about your situations. It doesn't have to be sickness. It can be financial difficulties. What has the Lord spoken to you? We received the word of God on the prayer call the other morning. It was about debt cancellation. Amen. And he read the scriptures in Deuteronomy. Uh, 
want to say Deuteronomy chapter 7, but he read the scriptures in Deuteronomy where God spoke this to his people. And he was saying to us, you don't have to wait to see this come to pass. But faith makes this word. And if you will step out in faith, this is the word that God is speaking to us this morning. If you will step out in faith, then this faith will take time and distance out of the equation. I know a lot of people, Lord have mercy, have already dismissed it because you've heard so many things. But, but what you got to ask yourself is, where was my mind when I heard these things? Where was my mind when the prophetic word went forth, where is my mind now? Where is my mind now? Maybe you're looking at situations and circumstances and you're saying, well, things have not changed. They may not have changed in the natural, but where does the change take place first? It takes place first in the spirit. And God watches over his word. Ooh. But, 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 but when does God perform his word? When his people start believing his word. Jesus could not do many miracles in his hometown because of the people's unbelief. So your unbelief will bind the hand of God. Your doubt will bind the hand of God. You say, God is sovereign. God can do whatever he wants. Yes but he's not going to move beyond your doubt. What did Peter do when Jesus said, walk on the water? He said, Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Jesus said, come. And the Bible says Peter stepped out on the water. You say, well, he started to sink. When did he start to sink? When he took his eyes off the Lord and started looking at his circumstances. He saw, he saw, the Bible says he saw the water. If he had never taken his eyes off of Jesus. Oh, but we take our eyes off the Lord. We'll take our eyes off of the Lord. God will start doing a work in our lives. And we will take our eyes off of the Lord. And we will put our eyes on our circumstances. Or we will begin to focus on our wants. Our own understanding our own perception about situations. Whew. If you're not careful, your own knowledge of certain things in Scripture will make you take your eyes off of God. I shared with you last Sunday, I thank God for theological education. But they were taught to teach us academically, not faith. So it was incumbent upon us to view the Scripture from a standpoint of faith. I went to the cafeteria one day, and one of my friends said, he said, Doc, they're taking my Jesus away from me. I said, if they took Jesus from you, you never had him when you came. Because there's not a professor in seminary that can take your Christ away from you. If you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not careful our logical minds. We're not careful our intellect will cause us to take our eyes off of Jesus. I'm not saying that we don't use the rudiments of interpretation. I'm not saying that we should not understand Scripture in context. I'm saying that when the Lord speaks to you directly, you latch on to that word. You enter into that word, and you make that word real to you. 
and you stand on that word until you go home and you see the change. Wherever the concept of home can be, until you see the change, you stand on that word. Because it is true, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Oh, but you got to wait on the Lord. You got to wait on. Hallelujah. Sometimes it does not happen immediately. Amen. Sometimes there is a space, but you got to stay there and wait on the Lord. Amen. You got to believe God said it, and I'm going to stand here until I see it. Amen. And you got to be open to the Lord because he may, not, he may not do it the way you think it ought to be done. So you can't have preconceived notions, amen, about how God is going to fix this thing, about how God is going to do this thing. You cannot have preconceived notions. You got to be willing to let go and let God. You got to be willing to take your hands off of it. You got to be willing to release control and say, God, whatever way you want to do it. I will not bow because you're able to deliver me. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Young people, teenagers, how do you apply this word to your life? When it seems like that, you know, you're not facing the things that your parents are facing. You're not you're not dealing with certain situations and certain circumstances that adults are facing. But how many of you face some kind of drama in your life? I'm talking to teenagers now. How many teenagers face some kind of drama? You, you face some kind of trouble. Tell the truth, you face some kind of trouble. How many of you ever been sick? Ever been, I don't care if it's a cold. You've been sick somewhere along the way. Yeah. So you tell me that you can't take this word, you can't understand that I'm saying the word of God applies to you in your situation. You may not be going through the same thing those of us who are adults are going through, but you're going through something. You're facing something. Faith works for you. Faith works for you. At whatever level you're at, faith will work for you. But you've got to be willing to take that step. You've got to get the word of the Lord and embrace that word for you. So even if you're just 12 years old and you can understand the word of the Lord, sometimes you've got to do like Key John does and pray for other people. Because the Lord said pray. The Lord said pray. And he'll go and he'll say, the Lord tell me to pray for you today. Because he heard God. And he took God at his word and did what God said do. Sometimes you want to be the, 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 the head drama in the band. So that means you, got, you don't want to be the head drama. You're going to be something. You got to take that step of faith. Because a lot of times what the devil will say to you is, you can't do that. The devil will say, you can't do it. You'll look at other people who are older than you who seem to be so skilled at what they're doing, and you'll begin to compare yourself and say, I will never be able to do that. But let me tell you something. You don't know. Because you have not yet embraced the word and taken the step. 
Nobody got good. Nobody became good overnight. The greatest singers in the world have to practice. They got to practice. The greatest swimmers, I look at those people doing the Olympics. I sure wish I could flip like some of those people when they jump off those diving boards. I can't get my feet too high off the ground. But I'll be looking at those folk and I said, my man, they are, they are talented. But guess what? They had to start somewhere. They had to practice. They had to practice. <laughs> you know, I was, there's a commercial where they show, you, show, they show this little baby being thrown into the water. And the baby swims. Most of us are scared to take our children near water. Not realizing that babies just naturally swim. Because for nine months, they're in water in the womb. For nine months, they're in water in the womb. I, I, I think the whole time they're in water. Yeah. So water is natural to them. It's only when they come out on this side and we start putting fear in them about water and drowning that our children, for the most part, don't know how to swim. But the greatest swimmer got a revelation. I want to do this. I can be good at this. And they embrace it. And they work hard at it. You hear Simone, I'm, I'm done. Simone Biles and those other, I think she was the one talked about how much work went into being, uh, winning a gold medal. Talked about how much time they had to spend in practice. They were not spending time in front of Nintendo. They were not spending time at the park swinging. They were in the gym working. Amen. Amen. 